Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Thank you very much, Mr. Announcer Man. We much appreciate it. It is indeed the two guys at a mic show, Big Dog and the coach at your service up until 11 o'clock talking sports and more here on the 24-7 Internet creation that is known as the TalkZone.com. God bless you, David Wilson, our producer with a couple of quality sneezes, other side of the glass. Got lots to talk about today. We're still recapping some of the football action. We did not get to uh, analyzing some of the the bowl picture. We'll get into that, uh, if not in depth, at least a little bit today. We'll make sure we check out uh, who is in in what particular bowl. Some interesting happenings in the world of college football. And don't forget, we gave you a homework assignment yesterday. We are going to brainstorm, not conclusions, but we'll brainstorm a little bit on who and or what could be a candidate for times person of the year 2011 it's that time of year oh yes indeed let's welcome in my good partner the big dog joel randwanski still without vehicle folks not able to come to the studio so he's checking in via the telecommunicative phone lines out in beautiful aurora illinois it's a beautiful man himself Joel Radwanski, Big Dog, how are you, my friend? You look in the mirror today. Oh, you know, I, I don't have a problem looking at myself in the mirror anymore, Coach. I'm, I'm pretty happy with the, the, the all-around yeah. life. And, and today is hump day, Coach, by the ah, way. Yes, it is. So thank goodness it's hump day. It's about time. I've waited a long time. Let me ask you, speaking of the looking in the mirror, Big Dog, I haven't asked you this for a while. I like to do it on a semi-regular basis. If I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? Coach at full speed. <laughs> uh, I almost like that as much as the get your hand off my thigh. That's, that's not my hand. And that's not my thigh. We got business to take care of here, Big Dog. We still got a, a few little news and notes from the NFL weekend. We covered the Bears yesterday. Wait, do, we, do, we, do we have to, Coach? Uh, week 13 was the worst weekend no, I could ever remember as a birthday. I beg to differ. We won't do it a lot. It will not be a full NFL round of up wrap up, but there's a couple of stories that need to be brought out. We definitely have to analyze the uh, college football bowl picture, and we used to say analyze, but people say the way we talk, it should be analyzed, so that was not a mispronunciation. So I'm assuming you're up for a talk, a little college bowl picture? Uh, absolutely, Coach. I, I want to tell you, so the, the bowl picture, which we're going to get into, there are so many bowls that are just unbelievable dream matchups yeah. And then there are some bowls that, how could they screw some teams over like they got screwed over? It's, yeah. I gotta tell you, two teams, one team is in a bowl and another team didn't make a bowl. The two teams got totally done wrong. They got ramrodded this year and it's not right, coach. <laughs> nice choice of term. I stayed up, uh, I finally got to sleep, but I struggled getting to sleep last night worried about who was going to win the December 17th potato bowl. Featuring Ohio University, the Bobcat, and Utah State. But uh, that one kept me awake for a little bit last night. Uh, Utah State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. The Aggies are pretty strong, but I like Frank Slowich's uh, Ohio Bobcats run game getting it done in that game. Mm-hmm. Northern Illinois played them uh, just about a week ago. We saw them play the ex-Nebraska coach, not Slowlich, but I believe it is Solich. Uh, not related to Mickey Lolich, by the way. Thank you very much. Um, how about the first battle, New Mexico Bowl? 
That's when it ticks off at December 17th. December 17th. I think it's an afternoon game. New Mexico. Or I'm sorry, Wyoming taking on Temple in the New Mexico Bowl. Big dog. Uh, I don't want to give away too many of my picks because I'm having a pool this year, Coach. Wow. A, confident, a confidence point pick pool. So if you want to join, uh, just contact me at joelredwalski wow. at gmail.com. Contact me at that this one. Would, if you're looking for a, a early holiday gift uh, for the loved one in your life, this possibly a automatic entrance into the Big Dog's um, football pool could be an early uh, holiday gift. Yeah, that would be that would be good. I'd be more than happy to make the picks for your your loved one if, if, mm-hmm. if you really want that. A little stocking stuffer, if you will, or some yeah. people might say it could be stuffed elsewhere. But it's uh, let's let's stick with the stocking at this point. Yeah, Temple's going to put a beat down in that game, Coach. Wow. Wyoming won't even Wyoming won't even know what hit them. Really? Yeah, you know what's cool? Those are two different colleges that recruited me when I was in high school. So why, interesting, Wyoming and Temple, two uh, opposite ends of the spectrum. You ended out in the Midwest, but you were recruited west, and you had opportunities to go east. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a 1.18 grade point average kind of affected <laughs> entrance into, the, into those schools. Wow. My ability to actually hit people wasn't a problem. Wait, it wait. was whether or not I could study. 1.18? I never told you that. I, don't, I, I, I knew you had difficulties in high school, and you did better in college. I don't know that I ever heard... An exact number, 1.1. 1. 1. Oh, was that based on a 1 through 2 scale? I, you do realize that when I tell you this, you're going to remember everything. It's all going to come back to you. But uh, I got at McMurray College, which is actually extremely difficult. It's a good school, Coach. Yep. I got, I got a 3.54. And when I was in high school at Downers Grove North, I finished my four years with a 1.18 grade point average. Okay? And... If you times three, 1.8 times three, it comes out to perfectly 3.54. <laughs> I tripled uh, my grade point average wow. from my high school grade point average to my college. Triple. How often can How? people honestly say they tripled their grade point average? Because typically if it's that low, they can't even get into college. <laughs> and, you know, if it's, if it's over, think of it, if it's over 1.34, you can't triple it anymore. I so, would I mean, say I there's probably yeah. 0.001% of the people. That actually uh, finished both high school and college could actually say they did that. That's highly impressive. <laughs> of course, inherent in tripling your grade point average is you got to really have a horrific high school career. But one point one eight, so that's so like I got I got straight D's. I mean, like legit, I never failed classes ever. Okay. I, well, I failed like a, one class, and that but that was always in the spring. If I ever would fail a class, it'd be in spring. Mm-hmm. And the year I failed it, I couldn't play baseball. That was very, very that was an extreme issue in the Redwanski household. Coach, now, and, did, uh, did you show up to class, or did you blow off class? Did you turn oh, no, in no. reports, or was it just just poor, oh, I refused poor work? To do home- I refused to do homework. Ah, I would I would legitimately tell teachers, I'm here eight hours a day. You can't give me enough work to do what I'm in here. I was like, I got a three hours of football practice, and then I got to go work at Pizza Hut until midnight. And I got to wake up at five thirty the next day. I'm not doing any homework. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope my son's not listening to this show because that's exactly uh, some of the arguments that he's using right now. Senior in high school, and of course, he has been hit a little bit earlier than I was hoping it would hit by a serious case of senioritis. Oh, I got I got senioritis very very bad, and that's yeah. where I got. That's well, you I got failed. you got senioritis like early in your sophomore year. Well, uh, what happened was my freshman year, they came out with uh, the no pass, no play rule in the state of Illinois. Mm-hmm. And basically it said that 
if you, the only thing is, if you are failing a class, you cannot play. That was the only thing. That's all. So if you got straight D's, it, 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 basically you can have five A's and one F, and you would not be able to play sports. And some guy with four D's, because he's only taken four classes and has four study halls, would mm-hmm. be able to play. But a person with six A's and one F and has no study halls, they would not be able to play sports. Yeah, that's so not I, right. I took advantage of it. That's not right. So at least uh, you you were consistent. You were pretty solid. D's across the board. There was not a lot of fluctuation. At least uh, I'm trying to find positives in your high school academic career. Teachers and your parents, after a while, at least knew what to expect. Wasn't quite the bar uh, height that they would have once set, but uh, you did major in consistency at least. I I did enjoy my four years of high school coach. Yep. Yeah, well, you know, and I'm, you know, I've always lived by the philosophy, big dog. As we get sidetracked here, we're talking college bowls, and all of a sudden we get into our academic career. Any teachers out there? Any uh, uh, students who might want to chime in? Love to hear from you. Always fun talking school and homework and all that good stuff. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight again. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Big dog, you've heard me say it before. Not that I'm going to encourage blowing off homework and stuff, but I've always lived by the philosophy of never let school get in the way of your education. No, 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 I couldn't agree more with that. I couldn't agree more. And, and, and if you kind of focus on my high school career coach, yep. when I went to college, I was extremely studious. I went out of my way to learn as much as I possibly can. And, and, uh, and I wasn't trying not to learn when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't believe all the amounts of, the massive amounts of homework yeah. they would give us. It much was much of it minutia, by the way. So that was that was always the issues with all yes. of my teachers. I would participate in class. I would get A's and B's on tests, and I would. I'd be like, "Are you serious?" I mean, like, and I would make it a point. Like, and the teachers like feared in class me. Like, they would be like, they would like, "We're going to do this." this. And I would like say like out loud, I would like, "Oh, what do you have to do in your other class?" But you know, it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. How much of a point I made it in class to complain about the amount of homework we used to get as students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, not because of you and you were complaining. I'm backing you up here, a 20 years ex post facto, but uh, not because it wasn't, you know, significant stuff and quality learning, but because of a lot of it was just wasted time. Teachers assigning homework because that's what they're supposed to do, minutia uh-huh. and stuff that you already knew. And like you said, you know, you're you're playing in a sports program, you got a job, you know, we're busy. I don't got time to go home and do homework. Yeah, no doubt, people are like, you're supposed to be the best times of your life. I, I did have fun when I was in high school, but it definitely was not the best. best time of my life was without question when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Those four years were like blew high school away. It's interesting so. you brought this up because I was looking through my Facebook, or our two guys in a Mike Facebook page right before the show, and I haven't uh, punched into the story yet, but I could tell from the comments it was somebody's story about apparently they gave SAT or uh, ACT tests to adults at varying ages. 25, 35, 45, to see how they did on these tests. And as you might expect, the scores were abysmally low in math in particular. In other words, most people forget the calculus and the geometry and all that stuff. And so, you know, people will bring it up, and they are on this Facebook page. as Well, you know, what's the point of learning all that if 10 or 15 years later you're going to forget it all? And I know there's some arguments to fight that, but you know what? There, there's a solid point there. No, I hate no, to no, say you... it, I, any math teachers listening, but is a lot of time spent in homework and in math class wasted time? No, coach. When I when I tell you this, this is this is going to. Sometimes I'm a little strange about how you think that because 
The reason why they teach math in high school, I have always thought, was to try to find the next genius. Because oh, after yeah. arithmetic, how many people need more than arithmetic and algebra? Right. Okay, in the, in the whole entire the rest of their lives. The reason why they teach more of that is hopefully they're going to try to find the next Einstein who can okay. figure out... Uh, to switch us into other dimensions and save our world. Well, that, that's... I, I, can't, I can't think of anything else otherwise. I mean, I mean seriously, like if you are, are you going to be an engineer? No, I'm going to. I'm trying to be, you know, uh, blah blah blah. Well, you know what? You don't need this math. But then again, if you're going to go into any type of scientific uh, realm, you have to learn as much math as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. But what, what's the, you know for finding the next genius? I can understand they need to do that. You elevate your. The math well, curriculum, well, you're you trying to what? single well, out. What's what's the fallacy in that theory, though? Where, where does that theory you know what, go wrong? I actually, I, I, I think, I, I, you know, forget it. Everybody needs math because they just thought about it. Like, if you drive a if you drive a forklift, you need to be as smart as math and as quick at it as possible. As, yeah, I know these things basically drive themselves nowadays, but still, it's good to have a fundamental math foundation and pretty much Almost everything that you do. There's well, very few jobs that you don't need more than arithmetic. I'm, really I'm going to agree with you. It's just I think where we all come into it is what level is the fundamental level of math. I would argue the fundamental of, laugh, uh, of, laugh, <laughs> of math is a lot lower than other people would think. So what you said is true, but I think everybody agrees with that. It's where do you put the bar? How much math is taught? To everybody, uh, assuming you're not going to become an engineer or you know some kind of you know what, though? I, I, I will stick with this, though. You need as much education as you possibly can get, because the more that you get, the more civilized you get, the more likely you'll think of a reasoned solution uh, to very, like, severe problems. Yep. If you think about the the places in the, in the world right now, I'm not saying the United States is totally right about everything, but if you consider the issues that we're having with different countries in the world, think about the education level of the populace there. The the governments have kept these people as dumb as possible. And I think our, our, our country has done a little bit of that too, Coach. Okay, I really do. But obviously not as much as they've done in China or Iran or in a lot of the, the Middle East countries where these, these people are not as educated and they have a very difficult time actually spreading knowledge around. It's, it's like as soon as something happens, boom, all the social media accounts get knocked down. Mm-hmm. And obviously these people want to learn. The, the, they've made it a point where they, it's hard to get educations in these countries. No question uh, about it. Larry, Larry from Libertyville, by the way, emailing in, said, Coach, don't worry. You, By doing your radio show the last 10 years, you've done your job of, of dumbing down America. Thank you very much, Larry from Libertyville. Just well, So uh, now we have issues with countries right now that you think about the majority of their populace, 90% of their populace don't have higher than like a, a fourth-grade education. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not saying we do, you know, and we're going to get off way on a tangent here. I'm not saying we don't need any kind of formal education. I just think we it's skewed way too much in certain areas that it does not need to be. And uh, interesting that adults taking that SAT test or ACT test, basically it looks like the study says forgot about 80 to 90% of what they were tested on. I would like to take that back again. Mm-hmm. I always like tests. I bet I would do probably just about the same. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, again, three times higher grade point average in college than you did in high school. That's extremely impressive. As long as you're and looking now, at it, 
you know, there's there's two ways of looking at that. I'm going to look at it at the positive way. That's a highly impressive. You stepped up your game, Big Doug. I'm proud of you. And and I've I've written papers for a majority of different institutions and people ever since as a part time job. That's so. right. I forgot that. That was one of the uh, few semi illegal legal slash illegal jobs that you had. But uh, I do think it's legal, but I don't know yeah. if it's moral. That's the thing, Coach. That yeah. is the one, though, like we talked about, like the morality issues that I've had. That's probably the most well, immoral thing I've done in the last, yeah. like my entire life. Yeah, I was going to say, let me help you out. It's definitely immoral. I mean, you know, we're not talking about spending 10 years in prison, but it's definitely immoral. The illegal part, we're in a little bit of gray area. So basically, via Craigslist or however you advertise it, high school or college kids. No, no, they come to me. I, right. They have always come to me. I've never advertised okay. ever on Craigslist. But they somehow the contact you or somebody in that does the same thing as you, and then that person will write a paper for them. Yeah. You pay them a certain amount of fee, and then you turn that paper in. How how does that customer know that you're not just copying someone else's paper off the Internet? Oh, that, like, uh, that's why you have to pay so much, Coach, because you get a bibliography with this. The books are included, big wow. bibliographies in there. It's nice. unbelievable. Do you actually read so these books, or do you just put the bibliography in? No, no, that's, that's exactly what they do is they're like, okay, I need you to write a report based on these four books. <laughs> and then you give, uh, how long is the report? What grade do you want? Blah, blah, blah. And okay. then you give them the, then you give them the, give the person what? the price. So if you got like a five page, like a five book having to read, uh, you know, 15 page report, uh-huh. I mean, you're, you're definitely looking at at least a $500 for an A, because that's going to take, that's like a two-day project. My question to you, Ellen DeGeneres, is uh, given that assignment, do you, I know you're going to write the paper, but do you actually read the books as part of? I I read, I get the general drift. (laughs) Believe it or not, Coach, if you read the foreword of a book, you know what I'm saying? And then I just, I I tend to, like, I basically (laughs) read, I read a couple parts of each one of the books, figure out where to go with it, And then just claim sources out of the books that prove points, and then yep. there you go. It's so easy. You don't have to read the whole book. You can. There I basically, is. in one hour, get enough out of the five books <laughs> that I have enough places to cite sources uh, out of these books to write up 15 pages, no problem. Not sure, David, but I think the first 18 minutes of this show has set our school and education system back about the 35 years. I like that. The I like. <laughs> I was laughing about the general drift, and I'm only laughing about that comment because it connects so well with my high school <laughs> and college career. The general drift, by the way, also known as Monarch or Cliff Notes, right? Uh, well, no, no, I don't, I don't use those. <laughs> Why would I use those, Coach? Like, okay, which is great is nowadays that <laughs> over the last, like, 10 years, these kids, uh, you basically have, you can go through, like, Deep Hall Library right now yep. over the Internet. So if you're a Deep Hall student you get that code that you can get you from any computer, you can go, as a student, go into Deep Hall Library, use any book and go to whatever page you want and read the book. So all these books that I'm getting are over the Internet, Coach. You realize this, so... It's 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 a lot different than you might think it is. It's like so much easier than that. All right. It's, it's like it's modern age. I mean, I'm not the only one doing this. But I'm not doing it anymore. I am not doing it. The reason why I quit doing it is, do you know that kid from Virginia? The he was the kid that murdered his ex girlfriend because she dumped him. Yep. And he was on the lacrosse team. Yes. Do you remember the guy I'm talking about? Like two years ago. Uh huh. I think I do. And, well, it turns out he was one of those rich, spoiled kids, okay, and he basically was paying people to do all of his homework. And after that, I quit doing it because I realized that 
some of these kids that I did the work for mm-hmm. were just like that kid. They're like, oh, 500 bucks, no problem. I'm like, damn, you mm-hmm. really? You know what I mean? And I think back, and I'm like, I was just helping some spoiled kid. Who knows what else he's getting by and left. So I quit doing it. Excellent. I'm proud of you. Big dog has turned the page. He's seen the light. <laughs> Moved on to hopefully a higher paying and certainly a more moral uh, upbringing. I don't, I don't know, but that was that was a nice cash business, part-time coach. It was not bad. So that was all that reported to your local IRS agent? Yes, of course. Of course. Could be listening to the program right now. If you want to email us, you can do so at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Big Dog, let's quickly get off the uh, educational bandwagon if we could and uh, quickly. Quickly, because we do got to get the Times Man of the Year. But look at uh, some of the college bowl picture. First, let's start off at the top. As you know, LSU, uh, with their big win over Georgia, automatically clinched their spot. The controversy, and you alluded to it yesterday, and I think I'm going to agree with you, it was Alabama, or all of a sudden, a lot of people jumped on the Oklahoma State bandwagon based on, I mean, they had a great season, but beating Oklahoma over the weekend, 44-10, to 10, a lot of people thought that should have pushed them up. They lost, I guess, just by a few decimal points. Alabama is in. Oak State is not your thoughts on the national championship game. Yeah, 2011 was the closest the BCS has ever been between two and three, and that's and that's the important one. That's the only one that matters is if you're in the top three. So Alabama gets to go. Now the whole argument is, to, according to everybody, is that well the two best teams are there, and they quite possibly could be coached. Quite possibly Alabama is better than Oklahoma State, and I'm thinking that most likely it is. But truthfully, they have already played LSU. They played them at home, and I know it was an overtime game and it was close. No one scored a touchdown in the whole entire game, but they lost. Oklahoma State has not played LSU yet, and I do realize Oklahoma State has lost. Now, now we're just talking about the depth of how of the how bad these teams can be. Well, Alabama is bad enough to lose to LSU at home. And Oklahoma State's bad enough to go on a Friday night, the day that a, a person in two people, excuse me, in their in their uh, athletic department die in a plane crash. All of a sudden, these, the same day, these guys are playing in a football game, and they lose because their kicker misses a field goal against a bowl team in Iowa State, and then they miss another field goal in overtime. Coach. Oklahoma State should go. They are the Big 12 champions. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that, that's my that's my part on how low they can go and why Oklahoma State goes. Now, here goes to the positive part, the high part. Okay, yes, Alabama is a dominant coach. They have uh, the best statistical defense in the country, but Alabama didn't play as tough a schedule as LSU. So, statistically, if you really want to look at it, LSU's schedule is so much more tougher that LSU statistics are better than Alabama's, in my mind, personally. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that out there. Okay. You know, and I don't get all upset about it either because I look at it, Big Dog, for the most part, as a cake or cake with ice cream situation. Well, I, I do. I, I, go ahead. I don't. I don't just say because it's just you. Oh, who do I get to watch? Okay, I do because these uh, the the players on these teams fight and scratch and try to get into this game. Now, if you look at the top level of it, Alabama, Alabama played. Two top ten teams, okay? Uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, they, they play two top ten. No, they have wins. They have no wins over any top ten team. Excuse me. Zero wins over top ten teams in the BCS. Oklahoma State has two. Oklahoma State has five wins over twenty five over the top twenty five in the BCS. Alabama only has two. Okay, so 
Alabama, yes, their loss was to LSU, and Oklahoma State's loss was at Iowa State. In, in very extenuating circumstances, Coach, that I think should be thought about and considered. Well, if you look at the top level, you know what the number one rank, the computers rank, all the computers, all eight of the computers that they have, you know which conference they rank as the number one computer uh, conference in America this year? SEC. The, the Big 12. Wow. SEC is number two, Big Ten is number three. Mm-hmm. Okay, the Big 12 is the top-ranked conference according to computers. Well, Oklahoma State is the champion of that conference. They have five top 25 wins, two top 10 wins. They belong in the national title game. Two two, two things to consider. Oklahoma State's a champion. Alabama is not. Alabama has already played them. They've already they've already got their turn. Oklahoma State has not gotten their turn yet. It's a joke. Yeah. It's an absolute joke, and I understand that if the computers barely have uh, Oklahoma State had Alabama, but all I know is this: there are numerous SEC coaches, numerous that put Oklahoma State fifth. Are you kidding me on their ballot? What a joke is that? Gary Pinkle put Oklahoma State fifth, coach. Purposely Gary doing Pinkle that. Missouri, purposely. Who's in the Big mm-hmm. who, yes. purposely, purposely doing that to push to push them a little bit further down, and some of those votes yeah. might have cost them. I agree. I think you laid it out beautifully, and I agree uh, that Oklahoma State should be there again. The only part I would disagree with you is I don't think it's a joke, because I do think it's close. Uh, you know, you look at Oklahoma State's body of work, phenomenal season. Some of the games they won, the competition they played, uh, and they blew out a lot of teams, a dominant team, and an overtime loss at Iowa State. However, and I know Alabama didn't beat anybody in the top ten, but Alabama played in the SEC. I think if you looked at their schedule, Big Dog, and how they did, pretty damn impressive. Pretty darn impressive. So I'd give Oklahoma State the edge. You laid it out. I wouldn't say it's a joke because I do think Alabama. I mean, up until the final week, I was I thought it was pretty close. And then Oak State's forty-four to ten, really impressive victory over Oklahoma. I thought that should have put them in, but Alabama's still awfully good. So I don't know well, if I'd call it a joke. I just, I just really, really, really would just give anything to see. Uh, Stanford take on Alabama and get stomped, and we can see Andrew Luck versus, I mean, LSU. And we can see Andrew Luck versus that secondary. And then, uh, we can see Alabama play Oklahoma State, and the winner can take on LSU at that point. Mm-hmm. I would, uh, coach, wouldn't that just be a dream come true? I know you don't want, you don't want to see that, but oh my goodness, this year to see Oklahoma State versus Alabama for the right to play LSU, I couldn't imagine a game more in my entire life that I would want to see. And Oklahoma State taking on Alabama this year. That mm-hmm. would be uh, beyond the dream matchup for me. I couldn't even imagine. That would be awesome. Yeah, the I greatest offense versus the best defense in America. Any college football fan, that'd be pretty cool. Speaking of college football fans, if that's your event, you want to check in with the big dog and or the coach, feel free to do so. Our phone lines are open. Love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. Big dog, the reason I said it was cake or cake with ice cream is, okay, we didn't get Oklahoma State against LSU. It's going to be LSU, Alabama. That's still pretty good. We do get, and once you forget, you know, who's playing for first and second, you do get some unbelievably good matchups. I mean, Oklahoma State and Stanford. I mean, that's pretty good. Wisconsin and Oregon, real good. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That was, I'm a little note. Like I, like I was saying to you, they made some unbelievably great matchups, yeah. coach. So, I'm just, I don't like the overall, the overall system. I like to point out the glaring yep. inaccuracies, which I'm going to get to another one in yeah. a minute. Yeah, well, the automatic, I think most people are upset with the whole automatic bid thing, You know, the, the biggest dud of the bowls, and it might be a great game. 
but just from a how it affects you as a college football fan, does it put goosebumps on the uh, epidermis? It does not, and that's West Virginia and clubs of those two teams should not be playing uh, in a BCS game, but because of the automatic bids they're in. I don't know if that was the point you wanted to make, but there are some great matches. I love Arkansas-Kansas State. I love South Carolina-Nebraska, Ohio State-Florida, Michigan State-Georgia. So once you get over some of the upset big dog on who should be where, and you just look at who's playing who, and we say this almost every year, great games, some great matchups, so it should be a lot of fun. You know, uh, I I loved all those matches that you said. The the Ohio State Florida one with Urban Meyer involved. Now that's, that's freaking phenomenal. <laughs> Poetic justice. How awesome is that? Yep. And uh, but I, I'm going to disagree. West Virginia Clemson. I cannot wait to watch that game. Really? What, you think that's a dud? Yes. Dana Halderson versus Dabo Sweeney. The score. That game. Right. Those are the two most explosive offenses uh, on the East Coast of the United States. That game is going to be electrifying. That's funny. That's, it's funny how it's the difference that we see that. Because I was like, oh, well, they saved West Virginia's butt by putting them in against a good matchup. So of the two worst uh, BCS teams, we got those two teams matched up against, and all of a sudden they have a great matchup. I mean, that's that's I agree, okay. Coach. It is the worst. Those are the two worst teams of BCS. But I just like, wow, you put Dana Holgerson and Dabo Sweeney together. I mean, the, the balls are going to be flying everywhere. So it's uh, that's. I like right. I'll, I'll retrack it. Maybe it's a great game. Maybe my my uh, minor upset I'm not losing any sleep over was that there are other teams probably that should have made the uh, illustrious BCS Bulls. And by no, the way, no, it, 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 I don't know about Clemson. West Virginia doesn't deserve it, but Clemson does. Belongs in the. Yeah, you might be right. Well, the ACC coach. They might belong be right. in the. By the way, I became a fan. I didn't watch any West Virginia football all season long until the second half of their most recent game, and I became a uh, a big fan of the aforementioned Dana Halverson. Yeah, and how about Geno Smith? I mean, that kid can play Ooh. some quarterback. You know, he last year, you know, he was running at West Virginia and all this. Well, they brought in a passing style system, and that guy is passing the ball better every single week, Coach. And I think he's a junior, and I, I hope he is because he's like got the perfect body and cannon arm to be an NFL quarterback. So, and I, I know, hopefully, he'll be on. But anyways. I, can I go to the two teams that really were done wrong? And I'll be real quick. Yeah, about we got to go real quick because topics to uh, get to, but go ahead. Uh, Boise State was the seventh overall ranked team in the BCS, and they don't get a BCS bid. It's ridiculous, Coach. Yep. The, uh, the Boise State is an exciting team to watch. They're awful fun. Now they're going to play Arizona State, and they're going to win, you know, uh, 50 to 20. Yeah. And when somebody's like, hey, they beat another AQ school in the in the bowls, people are like, yeah, but mm-hmm. they only beat Arizona State. Put somebody good up against Boise State, please. I want to see Boise State play a good team. Yep. Figure out which other team in the top. Forget about your bully, just bull ties. Forget about that every once in a while and give us a matchup of Boise State with a real good team so we can have a great football game. Completely agree, and I might add to the end of your comments uh, again. Because we've said this about Boise State the last two or three years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how come every time they put them in a BCS Bowl, they win, Coach? Why does that happen, huh? Because they're a good football team. Mm-hmm. So the last thing they want is them being the BCS again this year and have them win again. That's that's the last thing the AQ schools want because then they're like, well, Boise State really is good. And the other thing is that Western Kentucky, 7-5. and five, The Red Blob. They belong in a bowl. They did not get invited to a bowl game. They're not one of the 72 teams out of the 120 that went to a bowl, even though they have a winning record. Just to let you know, last year, Coach, they were 3-9. and nine. The year before that, they were 0-12. Oh, this year, they're 7-5, and, and one of their five losses, 
was at LSU. And just to let you know, Coach, LSU plays 13 games this year. They had 11 blowouts. One was Alabama, and the other one was Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is the only school besides Georgia this year to score against them in the first quarter and have a, have a lead in the first half the whole entire season. Interesting. Did not follow Western Kentucky football, but I will tell you, any school that has a mascot known as the Red Blob, I'm all for having them participate in the college football bowls. And considering great matchups, how about this megalithic matchup? UCLA at 6-7 <laughs> takes, takes on a team with a six-game losing streak in Illinois. I'm calling Western that, I've, Kentucky, I've nicknamed that the Plenty of Good Seats Available Bowl. It's the Kraft Fight for Hunger Bowl, Coach. Isn't that... <laughs> Aptly named. I love. Aptly named. I, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> One team had a six-game losing streak. The other team, I think, had a three-game losing streak. Both coaches have been fired. I love the comments from assistant coach Vic Koenig, or Koenig from the University of Illinois. We're taking this game serious. We're going to have preparation for it. We're going to change positions. This is going to be the start of, you know, the new Illinois team. Things are going to change here. Uh, and some of the players commenting about, hey, you know, you know, for the first couple of days we were a little depressed, but now we're looking forward to the bowl game. And then Vic Koenig's final comments were, oh, and any of the coaches that are looking for other jobs, we're uh, encouraging them to look elsewhere because we don't want to get in the way of their uh, professional development. So while we're taking the game serious, we might not have any coaches. big. They already lost their offensive coordinator. And other coaches have been welcome to go. So it's an odd game where you might have two teams playing and there won't be a full coaching staffs on either sidelines. Wow. That's, that's. Did you, that's did you hear Paul Petrino left already? Thank goodness, coach. He was horrific. Horrific. He has rejoined his brother Bobby at the University of Arkansas. Oh, uh, well, Arkansas, you know what? I was going to put a huge amount of confidence points on Arkansas. I might have to mm-hmm. rethink that now. Yeah. All right. Arkansas is taking on Kansas State, which would be one like this high profile team and the other one like the rinky dink offense. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool how that, that matchup is going. Yeah, it's still a pretty good game, I think. 888-463-6748, the phone number dog. And the coach, little college football. We got time to get into that. December 17th is when they kick off. Big dog, when will your pool be available to our listening public? Oh, uh, you get it immediately. Uh, people just email me, and uh, I'll get it out to you, and, you know, that's all. <laughs> all right. That's all to, is there a fee to participate? It all depends. No, there is not, but <laughs> if, you, if you want one, you can talk to me about that. Either or. So we're all going to be in it together, and then we'll, so it's all good. Beautiful. So we'll hold hands, do a little kumbaya, and fill out our ballots. Yeah, Joe Wardwanski right. at Gmail. Or you can always email our show, Mike. Two guys AOL.com. Don't forget that's M-I-C in the number two, Mike, two guys, AOL.com. You know what? We'll skip the NFL beat. Big dog, you didn't want to talk about it anyways. I had all kinds of news and notes, but uh, getting off the sporting topic real quick. Okay. With your permission. You okay? Oh, no, I know. I enjoy that much more than the talking sports. Yeah, we like to talk sports, too. It's, it's close battle. It's a close. We like to think of ourselves as, uh, how do you say it, multilinguistic. We speak different languages here on the Two Guys in a Mic show. One is sports, but we like to jump off the sports page as well. Now, before we get in the Times Man of the Year, David Olson has informed me. We talked about baseball's Hall of Fame yesterday, but apparently music's Hall of Fame. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame named their 2012 inductees, and Minnie Minoso was not elected once again, correct? No, he oh, was not. No. Ah, it's an injustice. How about Ron Sano? No, he was not. Uh, this year's inductees are... These are not nominees. These are inductees. These are inductees. We went through the nominees a couple yeah. weeks back. And Big Dog was not... I remember he was a little upset, so I'm worried about 
The dog getting a little emotional here, but go away. Uh, go Guns and Roses. Yay. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yay. Beastie Boys. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Laura Nairo. Now, the, now the, the first three that I, I read, those were the ones that were voted in by the the Hall of Fame committee. Now, these are the Artist Awards, which are, I'm not sure how these are chosen, mm-hmm. uh, but Laura Nairo, who was a singer-songwriter for six, during the 60s and the 70s. Never heard of her. Uh, she wrote for, like, Barbara Streisand and a bunch of other big artists. Never heard of Barbara Streisand? Yeah, I, okay. I never heard of her either. Um <laughs> The small faces slash faces. Next, they featured Rod Stewart. Okay, they were a sixty psychedelic band. Next, all right, uh, Don Kirchner, radio producer, uh, TV and music producer, who's the mastermind behind the Monkees, among ah, others. Big fan of the Monkey. Mm-hmm. And then uh, guitarist Freddie King. Ah, oh heck yeah, Freddie King. All right, so Big Doug, you're good with all three of those groups. Guns and Roses make Cleveland's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and the highly controversial Beastie Boys. You're okay with all three? Beastie Boys aren't controversial. What have they ever done wrong? thought I'd throw that in there. It sounded good at the time. Okay. Now, uh, <laughs> now there's there's all different types of people. So, uh, But uh, I will say this, the Beastie Boys coach, I don't think they've ever done anything wrong. I don't even think they've gotten a speeding ticket. In their entire life. So mm-hmm. I really don't know if they can be considered hip-hop, okay. part of that culture. All right. Even though they came right out of it, and, I mean, Russell Simmons was uh, was behind them at the beginning. So, I mean, well, they, were, they, were right there, they were right there at the for, at the forefront. Who who oh, did not make it? Do they we absolutely, why well, was I joking around saying that since they've never been involved in anything like out of music type incidents that they can no longer be considered hip-hop? Because you have, don't you have to, like, like, like throw water at a judge or, or slap somebody in a nightclub at least once in order to be part of the culture. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty okay, much. Just Interesting. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> speaking of judges, real quick, if you could, uh, who knows, uh, Judge James Zagel might be listening to our show right before he uh, begins the court hearings and the sentencing of uh, yet another Illinois governor who's about to head the jail, Rob Lagojevich. Big dog, if he is listening. Uh-huh. What words would you give to Judge James Zagel before he decides if, when, and how many years for Governor, ex-Governor Rod Blagojevich? Okay, think long and hard. And I'm not talking about your deliberation. I want that to be very quickly. I just want you to think long and hard about his punishment. That's all. That's all he needs to be punished like. How about that, Coach? Hmm, I'm thinking about that. Not sure where you're going with that, but we'll, we'll, we'll okay. Think long enough. So so. He doesn't have to think very long about the decision, but with his decision should be a very long and hard decision. Ah, a long sentence, hard time? Yes, that's gotcha. what I mean. He should think long gotcha. and hard. Gotcha. <laughs> I missed that. On the, I got caught it on the rebound. Sorry about that. David Olson, it's producer extraordinary. Yes, David. Well, two things. Number one, going back to the Rock and Roll Hall yeah. of Fame, the two that didn't get in yeah, that's that what the I people are uh, most upset about yeah. are The Cure eh. and Eric B. and Rakim. I'm I'm okay with those not being in. Uh, honestly, like the cure kind of should be because it, I, isn't it like your influence also should be involved because like yeah. the cure really were part of that whole. Let's, they they, they were they first. were they were the emo music movement. I mean they yeah, they, right. they started the whole goth thing. They they started yeah. it. Uh-huh. So I think I think right. they'll, they'll go in. They'll they'll make it in eventually. 
They will. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it should also, like, exactly what they did. You're exactly right. They started that whole thing, they, and they were popular. Like, one out of every five really good-looking girls at Downers Grove North dressed like they were dead because they yep. white yep. makeup, black lipstick, and acted like life sucked. Yep. I'm like, really? You're yep. hot. You were hot in eighth grade. All of a sudden, you're a freshman. You're butt ugly. Doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I, I, can't, I never liked the cure. I needed a cure for the cure. So many cute girls at the destroyed themselves for a couple of years. One I, of them was Mackie Ng. Luckily, I got over that. I dressed like that in high school back in the early 70s, Big Dog. So one could say, uh, probably incorrectly, but I'll say it anyways, I was ahead of my time. <laughs> and it made so for extremely... Back in your day, you would be considered a beatnik if you dressed and like that. Believe me, it made for a very lonely social life. But uh, looking back at it, maybe I knew the cure was coming. I was ahead of my time. Always looking for the glass half full. All right. Uh, Big Dog, you still with us? I'm here. Beautiful. Um, We gave you a homework assignment yesterday now, and based on what you told us earlier about your previous schooling, I'm going to take a wild guess and say you haven't done a whole lot of thought about it. No, you know, Coach, normally I'm very, very big on that type of of homework. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, for those that weren't with us yesterday, we said we would bring up a little bit of the some of the potential candidates, little brainstorming, no conclusions oh, on the I, times. I know who's going to win it. I don't even have to. I don't make. I don't even have to. I don't even need candidates. I really? know who's going to be the person. Of the and year. you haven't looked because I want to tell David Olson right up front and our adoring throng of listeners uh, that I have done no internet research on this at all, strictly from a little mind brainstorming about five minutes after the show yesterday and five minutes before the show today. Big deal. You're saying you know pretty definitively who will be there. Okay, do you want to hear the conversation that it hit me on? Okay, so uh, one of my buddies is over at my house, and he's got the Apple Sirius, okay? And he's like, he's like, watch this, Joel, watch this, Joel. He's like, uh, hey, what's up? And, in the, the, and the phone was like, yes, Craig. And, and the, he says to the phone, get me a hooker. Okay, and he's like, uh, and then the woman, like, the woman <laughs> in the voice of the phone responds back, there are five escort services Within ten miles of where you're at, <laughs> and then he's and he's like, I want a redhead, and then the phone starts talking back to him. He found an escort. He didn't go use it, people. He's a married man, and the wife was even in the room <laughs> laughing. Okay, just want to throw that out there. He was. The phone spoke back to him and got him the phone number where he can find a hot redhead girl. Steve Jobs is the man of the year. I don't care if he's dead. Okay, Steve. After seeing that, right when it happened. I, that's right when I realized Steve Jobs, because all my friends go, I got the Apple this, got the Apple that, Apple, Apple, Apple. You know, uh, all I got to say is Steve Jobs, man, here. He is, uh, that's certainly a leading candidate. I have that yeah, name. Yes, Steve Jobs is on the list. Okay. All right, once, I, we, once we go through this, I'll give you who's leading the uh, leading the reader poll. Right. I now. have, I see, I think I'm going to come out with one ahead of Steve Jobs, but I had Steve Jobs and I had Hillary Rodham Clinton at the top of the list. Hillary uh, has never won, is that correct, David Olson? Okay, so she has never won. So, you know, there's been a lot going on with our uh, with a variety of different nations, Big Dog. And Hillary Rodham Clinton, uh, you know, for the most part, has stayed out of controversy and been very positive, be it Israel and Palestine, be and, and, and it Iraq. And very busy. Very busy. Because uh, uh, the, the, the way things have been. Yes. Yes. So I put her as a contender. Now, just brainstorming a little bit. Some of the things. First of all, the Arab spring i guess that's what they're calling it that uprising it's really from a couple of years ago but i thought about who was the reporter who began the whole thing i forget the guy's name but you know who i'm talking about right 
Morton Downey Jr. No, no, no. Morton Downey Jr. You're, are you no. talking about Lara Logan? Not not no. American, no. Uh, you know, through He started doing like a Facebook thing or some tweets, or, and it just caught fire. There clearly is one guy that, the, the, in the Tunisia, one, in Tunisia, where the Arab Spring first began. Did I got the well, country the, right? the, the, the Arab youth protesters are on it, but they don't name a single person. All right. But so there is a guy. It's just a, it's the movement as a whole. But there's a guy. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was Tunisia not the first one? That's yeah, you're, you're, you're right. Good. You okay. are right, yes. Right. But I think that might be like a couple years ago, so that wouldn't put him. But, but I thought that guy, even though he didn't do anything dramatic, he still started something that is extremely significant. I don't know. Is the Occupy movement, Big Dog, could that be Time's Person of the Year? Uh, Coach, that is such a freaking joke. I, I get so <laughs> disgusted by that. You have, you have no idea. And I, I trust me, I'm, I'm first and foremost beyond trying to end corruption. But just walking by those people, the stuff they say, the way they smell, come on. David, is, is, is Occupy on there? Uh, both the 99%. And the one percent ah, okay. are up there. So it's not the Occupy, the ninety-nine and one percent. I think John Boehner has to at least be in the discussion, only because he seems to be in the middle of just about every political diatribe between the Republicans. <laughs> what the hell is that? That's a correct. <laughs> All of a sudden, we got John Boehner. John Boehner is on the list. Okay, John Boehner. Uh, I, I think with the Euro and the whole thing going on over there, Big Dog, I thought maybe Angela Merkel and Nicholas Sarkozy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, Let um, me rewind real quick. Let me rewind real quick. John Boehner is not. Really? No, John Boehner is not. Uh, and I like that ring so much. How about Angela Merkel and Nicholas Sarkozy? You are correct. <laughs> Merkel, Merkel might have to save the whole entire yes. continent. What the heck? Mm-hmm. Seriously. All right, so we got that. I still, th- I, I'm going to save my best for last. Any others? Um, and don't forget, Big Dog. By the way, just as an add in, and this might be our final Times Person of the Year because don't forget, uh, December 21st, 2012, according to the Mayans, the world could end. So this is a, this might be the the final Times Person of the Year. Yeah, Coach, I've been over this many times. And by the way, it ain't until <laughs> December 21st of 2012. So yes, and it, it's the rebirth that. They're coming back, Coach. You don't get it. You don't get it. Well, I do, but right. there won't. There in the rebirth, there won't be a Time magazine. No, there will. There probably still will be a Time magazine. Who knows? Might, we might do something computer. It might be on stone tablet at that point. It might be easier. Yeah. You never know, Coach. It's not the same. No. <laughs> All right, dog. Any other uh, think of things that happened this year? People, persons, things. Arab Spring, the Euro, Occupy. Stephen Jobs is right. There, he's certainly a top contender. Yeah, it, it, it's funny that this is going on because I can only think of like international people, and I, I can't think of people from the United States mm-hmm. besides Steve Jobs. Putin, okay. I know, is you know, Putin is uh, trying to make his run back to Russia. A little controversial election held uh, over the weekend, by the way. But I don't think Vladimir. <laughs> All right, let me throw out one that could beat Stephen Jobs, and it's a group of people, and I, I hope it's still this year. The time frame fails me, but. Do I get a bell ringing for the Navy SEALs that went in and killed Osama bin Laden? They're the only ones, Big Duck. Could the Navy SEALs be the persons of the year over Stephen Jobs? I would really like that. That would would actually be a great call because it really goes into, like, how we're fighting. Hopefully, 
considering that we're pulling out of Iraq, how we're going to be fighting wars over there now, it's going to be special forces going in and not uh, occupying countries anymore. Mm-hmm. So in a, in a sense, it's very symbolic. Not only do they get bin Laden uh, this year, it's where the United States military is going in, their, in that direction for small specialized forces. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad call, Coach. All right. Thank you very much. David Olson, your thoughts on it, of the ones we brought up, who do you think should be and who are some of the other names on the list, producer extraordinaire? Well, who, did, by did, the way, does I, Big Dog want to take any other stabs at who's on the list before I read down who you guys missed because there are quite a few? Big Dog? I, I could imagine. It's, I bet if you – there's probably 50 people that could be on the list, isn't it? There, there were 30 names total. 30. Oh, wow. All right, let's hear them. Okay, uh, Anonymous, which is the oh, hacking yeah. group that brought down uh, Sony's network and mm-hmm. Visa, among other things. Next. Yeah, I saw that more of last year as opposed to this year. Well, this year this year was the big Sony one, and, I mean, they destroyed Sony. That was awesome, by the way. Oh. I was really happy with that. Casey Anthony. Next. Oh, next. That. Yeah, exactly. Michelle Bachman. Next. Silvio Berscoloni. Next. The Italian. Warren Buffett. No. Yeah, Warren Buffett. Heck yeah. Well, I love that guy. Yeah, I, mean, I should have said him. He could be every year he could be Warren Buffett. He's so. significant, but he's not going to be the person of the year. Herman yeah, Kane. Yeah, I mean he was significant. Again, he's not going to be the one, but he deserves to be in the mention. Eric Cantor. Rajip Tayyip Eridan, Turkey's prime minister. Okay. Okay. Turkey is like a, becoming a huge superpower, mm-hmm. the second fastest growing economy besides China, right Interesting. now. And uh, luckily, they're a U.S. ally, and hopefully, we'll remain that way. The Fukushima 50, the 50 power plant workers that stayed behind trying to fix the meltdown. Interesting. I oh, like that. Those guys. Those guys are awesome. Put them in the top five. I like that. Gabriel oh, Giffords. So playing coal miners too, then, Coach. Right. The coal miners was that this year? I thought that was last year. That might have been last oh, okay. year. Okay, there you go. There you Gabriel go. Giffords again. She's not going to win Person of the Year, but certainly a well a tragic story, really. But a, but a yeah, hero. In the top thirty. Yeah, yeah. Her, yeah. Her discussion is the top thirty without question this year. Yep. A Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix. Hey, oh, that's hey, look at, look at the stock value of Netflix on January 1st of this year and look at it now. This guy had, had the, the, the goose that was laying the golden eggs and broke them all. Yeah. I mean, they, Netflix may never recover from the moves this but guy made. It's still Netflix. It's not, you know, the Arab Spring. So let's see. You know, he, he, <laughs> we'll, we'll mention about that's him. That's true. But, no, that's true. But he's not in the, he's not going to be in the. Speaking person. of not the Arab, uh, Arab Spring. Kim Kardashian. Oh, please. Oh, good. Please. Next. <laughs> Lionel Messi. Uh, soccer player? Uh, an Argentinian athlete, huh? soccer player. An athlete. Yeah, I don't think so. He's, he's the, actually the only athlete on the list, by okay. the way. Which makes sense. He's the most popular athlete in the world, so should be up there. Kate Middleton. Next. Oh, so no, yeah, so one, no, no, no. How about one more again with Kate? She's definitely not the person of the year, but. I, I have no problem looking at her. But that's when I said next, I wasn't talking about her. She's a quality female and a lovely looking lady, but we're talking times person of the year. Let's keep things in perspective, big dog. Concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike Mullen, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Yeah. Oh. Not bad. Rupert Murdoch. Next. Wow. Well, yeah, is, yeah that's, is that where our world's coming to? 
He so is. Yeah, a, you know, well, I mean, that scandal. I mean, it's. And if you're talking in, yeah, influential and in effect on society, he deserves to be. Uh, Barack Obama. Yep. Uh, no, I, yeah, I thought the same thing, but then the reason why he's on this list, look, look at his foreign policy achievements over the last year. I'm with you. Yeah, I know. He... Mitt Romney. Yep. Paul Ryan. Eh. Charlie Sheen. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, Dominique Strauss-Kahn. Oh, boy. Elizabeth Warren. Yep. And I Weiwei. Who's that? He is leading the charge for democratic reform in communist China. Really? Because I oh. think I had a vote for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I gave one of them to him. Yeah, he's an artist, and he was like he's like he was like a favorite of the communist regime, and now Oops. he's like the most outspoken. I mean, I Weiwei. I, Weiwei I thought that was a name. rap singer, Big Dog. I put I Weiwei and the Beastie Boys on my two votes for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Little did I know. And he was arrested I, I on politically the... motivated charges, like chumped up charges, and he was Wait, in prison okay. for three months. Okay. I, you may or may not remember this story, but it was over the summer. All right. Yeah, it was all over Drudge Report. I was reading This guy is pretty – he's pretty cool, Coach. All right, let me ask you, hearing that list, Big Dog, uh, does anybody beat – Hillary Rodham Clinton, Stephen Jobs, or the Navy SEALs? No, you know, uh, I do like the, uh, uh, Zhang Weiwei from, uh, from China. I mean, that's, to do anything in China is massive, Coach, because it's so hard to actually get people, get attention mm-hmm. towards the fact that there's so much suffering going on that's and uh, lack of human rights in that country. Okay. All right. So I, I'd have to go with that. Really? You think so? You think of not not in your own opinion, but who? Well, thinking about this after after immediately after hearing the name of the story, I was recalled okay. to how blue guy was this summer for what the guy was doing. Mm-hmm. It's just truly amazing, coach. And the guy had a good life and basically gave it up gave it up because he was sick of what was going on there. So mm-hmm. it was a pretty cool story. Okay. All right. We'll put him in. I, I I'm with you on that. We'll put him in the top four. And again, not so much on our opinion, but on who we think time is going to pick. And they typically go with. It doesn't mean it's the best person. It's the one who had the greatest influence on the life, on our life here in America and the world, uh, mm-hmm. right? And so it's not greatness. It's more about the influence that they had. Who was the most significant person? Interesting. All right. So we'll see how it goes. I'm still going to pick the Navy SEALs. That's a, that's not a bad. Not a bad. I mean, that's totally changed how we're going to fight wars. Mm-hmm. So yeah. By the way, Sports Illustrated named their uh, man and woman of the year. Did you see that? Uh, no, I did not. Who won those? Front cover, Sports Illustrated, man and woman of the year, Tennessee women's coach Pat Head Summit, Duke University men's coach Mike Krzyzewski. Two coaches right there holding hands, front and center, Sports Illustrated, Krzyzewski and Pat Summit. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, that's why it's so hard to pick who's going to win theirs. I, I have no idea why those two won it this particular year. Are they deserving? They're deserving of it every year. So, yep. yeah, that's too good for people to have it. That's nice to put them together. Yep. So, yeah, Dave. I'm going to go out on a huge limb here. Oh, not one of the four we mentioned? No. No. Ooh. It's going to be the 1%. Not the 99%. Not the 99%. The 1%. It's the 1%. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, they, they because really are. Because they're, 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 they're the crux of everything that yeah. is happening in America. Interesting. Yeah, one political party that is protecting them, one that is going after them, and the people divided down the middle. Okay. 
I'll, I'll actually. So I, th- I mean, I think, and I mean, they're going to, they're going to shape what happens over the next year too. So. Okay. I'll, that, yeah. That's, that's where I'm going. And if it's not them, it's going to be the Arab youth protesters. Yeah. And, and by the way, I don't really think it's the 1%. I really think it's the point. Oh, one percent that are controlling everything. I, I know a lot of people, and I don't know enough people. And I know people that are rich enough to be in that one percent, and those people don't have control over anything that could be decided or or changed in in our society. So uh, I, I think we should be narrowed down to exactly who we're looking at, not just people who are making over a million a year. So. Because people are making a lot more than that. And you know me, let me just add in, and I uh, always have a liberal vent and have uh, spoken uh, early and, and often for the 99%. Let me just point out with the 1%, Big Doug, or as you said, the 0.001%. Many of the people in the 1% and all the deficiencies uh, that we've mentioned, let us also mention that uh, most of them have been tremendously, tremendously charitable, be it companies or be it individuals giving a lot of money to charity, not always out in the forefront, but sometimes under the headlines. So I think that needs to be spoken as well. There's a lot of uh, inequality, which I've spoken out against, a lot of negative things that have gone on. But, you know, there's a lot of great charitable work and a lot of money that have been given to some great charities by that 1%. You, you know, I have no problem with uh, with rich people whatsoever. It seems that oh, I do. People, people that have money that have actually – created jobs and have, have done the right things. Those are usually the people that are usually the ones giving back. The people that are the ones that are uh, trying to get people elected and trying to change laws and do backroom deals, those are the ones that usually don't give back to charities and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny okay. how it works that way. All right, solid show, Big Dog. We started off with a little uh, regime of your educational background and analysis of today's educational system. We got into the college bowls and... Times Person of the Year and uh, significant things around the world and the country. Not bad for a 55-minute show. Not bad, Coach. Not bad at all. Almost. You wonder where we go from here tomorrow. Well, tomorrow will be after hump day. (laughs) I won't give you any homework assignments, I promise. Be good, and we'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Same bad station, same bad time, okay? Peace out, everyone. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Two guys at a mic signing off. 10 o'clock tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.